breaking down the biggest stories, talking about what really matters, and bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. Now, broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, here's Steve Scafidi. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Friday edition. Of course, 9 o'clock hour. That means the two geniuses in the world of politics, Bill McCutcheon, in studio, by the way. Yep. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. And then Joe, Joe Zapecki, who last time I checked lives in Shorewood, um, is joining us on the phone. Hi, Joe. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? <laughs> you wait a minute. You're phoning it in from Shorewood? Come on. <laughs> Steve, do you think Sarah Godlewski would have made it in today I think if she would have been our guest? I think she would have. Yeah. I think she would actually have been here like an hour early. No question, right? <laughs> right. But but not okay, Joe. He okay, couldn't get that okay, electric fellas. snowblower to work this morning. Apparently, <laughs> I don't have a snowblower. Uh, oh, even see, he doesn't even have one. Not even gonna mess with it. Just gonna use that that those powerful Shovel. muscles. Yeah, he has. he's a young guy, as he reminds us every week. Yeah, he's not that young. Joe Zapecki joining us, of course, Democratic strategist Bill McCosh on the Republican side. Um, I know you were at the Bucks game last night. I was. No Giannis. No Giannis. Mm. Disappointing. That was my first Bucks game of the of uh, the season. I would say even with the weather, there was ninety percent attendance That's there. Good. It was it was. Good. They're a fun yeah, team to watch. They're a fun they? team to watch. That is the team that beats. Yeah, they're deep. No question about it. I, I feel good about this team. If they get healthier, we can have big things. I think that's right. All right. Speaking of healthier, Joe Zapecki, football coach in his uh, leisure time. <laughs> is that a paid gig, or they just you just do it for the fun of the sport, Joe? Just for the fun of it. I love that. That's what I love about you, Joe. That's why you're part of the show, even though you're a Democrat. That was for my audience, because they like to. Like the yeah, boy. Okay, yeah. I, I, I'm ready to punch back today, oh, boy. You bring oh. the heat. I'm going to bring the heat. That's why I'm poking you because I want to see what you got. Poke for me. That All right. Bear. So this week in the big race for the Wisconsin Supreme Court, important, important race for both sides. Both sides understand what's at stake. I think uh, we saw some big money. Bill Makashi coming to the race. WMC to the tune of three plus million dollars. Three point two million. Fair Courts America are in for one point two. So you know. Little less than five million dollars. It doesn't match dollar for dollar what the Protosawitz campaign has or her allies, but it's it should be enough. With twenty five days left in the race, you know that's about one hundred and sixty grand a day statewide. You can do a lot of uh, message with that. You probably don't know exactly what these messages are, are going to do, or maybe you have a thought. What should they do? What should the message be? For Kelly against Portosawitz. Listen, as long as since they gave her sort of a head start, uh, you know they might be down seven or ten points. If this was a football analogy, they got to go after her. They got to define her. They got to let voters know that she's got her thumb on the scale. She's got her mind made up on some key issues that they care about, uh, and maybe some that they don't even know. Right, like gun rights. Where is she at on that? So. Uh, I, I think the more people learn about J- Janet Protosiewicz, uh same as Mandela Barnes for Ron Johnson, it's a similar type of campaign. The more they know, the less they like her. So, you know, all the Kelly allies and Kelly himself, when he gets on the air, which I expect to be next week, it's all about the defining Janet, period. Four weeks from last Tuesday. Joe, jump in here. What, what do you think? This is now going to be a fair fight. So interesting that you bring up Mandela Barnes. How are Janet Protosiewicz and Mandela Barnes alike? People don't know anything about them. Of all of the Democratic politicians, to I wonder why Mandela Barnes. I wonder why. Be- Listen, because Judge- he lost. <laughs> the Republican, that was our bright spot in November's elections. Ron Johnson what? was just, able to defeat him. Just say it, Joe. Right. Say it. it. 
Mandela Barnes is because he lost, right? It's not because yes. he's a young black man who's, no. a, who's, a, who's too liberal for this state in the eyes of Republicans. Well, he is that. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think that's he, in dispute. But. He, he came within 26,000 26, votes of knocking off an incumbent Republican. McCoshin didn't see that coming. He thought Johnson was going to win going away. Give me a break. It is, it is transparent. It is disgusting. And they are not the only political hack in this race is Dan Kelly. How do we know this? His statement of economic interests was released this week. Great reporting from the, the Wisconsin Examiner. Mr. Kelly has had basically five clients since he lost by 10 points in 2020. All of them deal with Republican conservative politics. I love that the Kelly folks are trying to run this campaign like, I know I am, but what are you? When Janet Protasiewicz is a qualified, capable, long-serving judge who has worked for the state of Wisconsin, as opposed to taking hundreds of thousands of dollars from the Republican Party, from the Bradley Foundation, from IRG, for doing things like writing manuals on how to do more investigations like the Gableman disaster, it's really refreshing to, to hear that a mere $5 million from WMC and Fair Court, and all of a sudden Republicans think that they, they've got a shot in this race. Okay, we'll see how this plays out the next few Listen, weeks. Listen, if she's qualified and capable, then why is she ducking debates, Joe? Why did she turn down four of five invitations for debates? What's, what's Janet hiding? Why did Donald Trump duck, duck debates? Debates matter a lot less than they used to. You and I both agree that that shouldn't be the way that it is, right? We'd like to see more sparring. We do it every week. But this is the way that our politics are going. It's it's not the best outcome, but it is where we are. So we're all Packer fans. She's playing the prevent defense, which all of us know prevents you from winning. So I think that creates an opportunity for Kelly in the next 25 days if the resources are there for him. I was going to reach out to Charles Franklin on, on, on his polling. He he will have some polling before this race, I'm, I'm guessing. I don't think so. He won't. No. That surprises he me. He typically doesn't get involved in Supreme Court races or spring interesting, primaries. Interesting. He well, will in the presidential primary next year. I'm, I would be curious where we're at today with the numbers. I well, would I be, I'd be He thinks it's 4th and 26th for the Kelly campaign. It, uh, I would suspect that Janet's probably leading at this point because she's had a huge adv- uh, cash advantage, and she's been on the air literally since the, the middle of January. I'll take a break. I want to get back to the debate thing because we have one schedule, I believe, on the 21st. Right. Yeah, between the two candidates, Kelly and Protosei. Uh, what that means, what we might find out about these two candidates that we don't really already know, Bill McCosh and Joseph Pecky, WTMJ on this Friday, snowy Friday. More after this. Summertime is finally here. That old Producer Brandon having some fun. <laughs> yeah, we got some snow in Milwaukee and throughout the most of the state, actually, different levels. I see the airport already had 10 inches. <laughs> My poor wife, Kathy's out there snowballing. I told her to wait. I told her to wait. She wants to do it. God bless her. You married well. I did. I married, you married up. well. I married up. You did. All right. Joe Zapacki joining us, Democratic strategist, Bill McCaution, of course, Republican strategist. Um, gentlemen, we have one debate between the two candidates on the 21st of this month, obviously the election on April 4th. So there's been a lot of commercials. We've talked about it. There's, there's, I think there's a perception that we kind of know the candidates, right? We know what Dan, yeah. Daniel Kelly is. We know what Janet Protosiewicz is. Um, Kelly has served before, appointed by Governor Walker. Right. I don't know if you know the man. Not personally. well. Okay. Not well. What, what should 
Wisconsinites voters know about Dan Kelly from your perspective? Uh, that he's a rule of law judge and he's got a, a proof of concept in his four years on the bench. And, uh, you know, he, he lets the law be the law. He doesn't try and legislate from the bench. And I think that's and he doesn't have his thumb on the scale. I think that's what people would expect from a judge is uh, even if they have values, as Janet says, uh, you know, they don't bring those into their decision making. They let the facts pre- uh, prevail. Does that earlier defeat say anything about this race? Um, it, it might. It, he'll, his campaign would tell you that it. Uh, he ran in a presidential year, and that's true. And it was also the COVID year. So it was, I would say, the April 2020 election was the most disorganized, disjointed race maybe in our lifetime. That's when right? the pandemic was crazy. Remember, the governor tried to cancel that election right, right. Or to move it to May. And, right. and in hindsight, Republicans probably should have taken him up on that. Interesting. Because the presidential primary would have been done and gone by then. Uh, Joe, on the uh, on the Democratic side, liberal side, I should say, it's a nonpartisan race. Um, what do we? What should we know about Janet Prosewitz? She's a prosecutor. She's a judge. She believes in constitutional freedoms and protecting the law. I, I mean, I, what I'm in retrospect during the break, I was thinking about this notion of debates in a race like this, and I think one of the things that I think we all agree on is these things have become too political and too partisan. And we all wish there was a way where we could take some of the politics out of it. Hey, we are where we are. But I do think it's interesting that, you know, we're now getting into like the tit for tat and the ridiculous debate over debates that always happens in partisan campaigns. It is having two judges debate one each other sort of gladiatory, you know, gladiatorial style like we do in pol- partisan political campaigns really the best way to do this? I'm not sure it is. I think one debate is more than enough. I, I do want to note that the Protestawitz campaign said there were multiple forums, right, where it's one, you know, same audience. There's media participation that both candidates get some of the kind of the same questions and have a conversation that, you know, so it's not like she's afraid of what she believes and doesn't want to be out there talking about it. But I do think that the debate over debates is often much ado about nothing. One of the things that bothered me, though, was she turned down an invitation from a group I'm a member of, the Milwaukee Press Club. Daniel Kelly will be there. I, I, I'm not sure why you can't show up for something like that. I, I don't know that they're going to give her a question that she can't answer. Well, I think the Milwaukee Press Club, sorry, Joe, is, is more yeah. likely to be um, give voters information than a debate would. Joe and I actually agree on that. If you look back at the gubernatorial race, I, I would say Tim Michaels won the single debate with Tony Evers. It didn't matter. Tony Evers still was reelected. And the problem with a single debate is they become so sterilized by the campaign staff. There, there's, there, there's negotiations ahead of time, how the questions are going to be asked, when they're going to be asked, what type of questions. And they become so sterile that they're all about talking points and you don't really learn much. And I think, you know, so... Will the debate on the 21st make a difference in the race? Probably not. I think Joe's probably right about that. But had Janet accepted the Milwaukee Press Club, that would have made news. And I'm confident Kelly will make news when he's there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the texter made this point. Uh, Derek Van Orden refused to do any debates in his race. So, I mean... It's on both sides. Uh, Katie Hobbs in Arizona, the new governor of Arizona, she refused to do debates. Uh, You know, more and more candidates, when they think they have the lead, have decided... I'm not taking a risk uh, of of saying something that I, I'll regret or that could be used against me, so I'm just not going to do any debates. And there's no consequence well, for it. Let's ahead, add Joe. one more. The, the Republican National Committee, the RNC, has withdrawn from the Commission on Presidential Debates. We've got a presidential election next year. There might not be debates. 
because the RNC told the group that's been holding presidential debates for all of my life, no thanks, we're done. So, yeah, this is not great, but it is where we are. Well, (laughs) if you go back to the last presidential election, I think Donald Trump would have probably wished he wasn't in that first debate. I think that one single-handedly cost him re-election. To Joe's point earlier, is the era of debates over? Does it matter? Remember, we're on real-time news now, so it's not like you ha- you wait till the morning. Paper yeah, you don't to- hear from in the past. You didn't hear from these people, right? You didn't Here hear they from. Are. Now you're hearing from their campaigns on an hourly or even every 15 minute basis with tweets and TikToks and and uh, Instagram. So it's it, we're in real-time news now. All right, General, we'll take another break here. Lots to get to. We've got, the obviously, the presidential race heating up with Ron DeSantis. I think he's going to Iowa. He is. Yes. Interesting. Is he running? Well, I think he is, but he also has a book to sell, by the way. So that Either might... that or I want those diet pills he's got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's losing weight. He's lost 25 Slimming pounds. down for some reason. He I don't is. know what it might be. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Joe, Joe Zapecki on the phone. Bill McCoshin in studio. Our regular Friday feature on politics in the States and in Wisconsin. More after this on WTMJ. Oh, you're having some fun with the sun on a snowy day here in Wisconsin. Hope it's nice where you are. Thanks for tuning in, as always. Thanks for the questions and comments on the old National Bank talking text line. Gentlemen, since we only have a minute and a half or so, uh, let's do a... I was going to say fun one, but maybe not. Aaron Rodgers, Bill McCaution. Going to be a Packer player nope. this year? No, nope. I don't believe so. I don't think they let the Jets go to California to meet with them unless they are ready to move on. Mm. Joe? I wish... Mr. Rogers, good fortune in the wars to come. Uh, come on, Jordan Love, baby. That's good love. What <laughs> a joke. Where was that angry Joe we had in the first 10 minutes? And now he's, he's Mr. He thinks we're going to lay off that he's sitting in looking at the snow. Yeah, you know? I, I'm guessing Joe's probably got his pajamas on, his hat on backward. He's drinking My his, like, poor third cup 15 year old granddaughter had to go to school this morning, Joe, but you couldn't make it into downtown. Come on now. Come on now. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But I did. I did shovel. <laughs> oh, you've already shoveled. I shoveled the front and the side. I did not get the alley. Our alley is an absolute disaster. That was the yeah. problem. Alleys in Milwaukee. I love alleys. We had them in Superior. They're yeah. the, in this area. That's the last thing that gets touched. Yeah. And it's like a. Um, it's like if you were going across the what, the Donner Pass. Yeah. With a car. That's how it is. So that's that's Milwaukee. <laughs> Although I will give the folks credit coming in off Plankerton exit on seven ninety four. Plowed this morning at 5.30. Credit to the DPW guys. They are working their butts off. That was some heavy snow. It was heavy and wet. Yeah. For all the guys out there plowing, stay safe and thank you for what you're doing. Now, you're going to head out again, huh? You I'm head back out. to Madison after yeah. this. So, yeah. So drive slow. All right. In the next half hour with Bill and Joe, the McCaution Republican strategist, Joe, on the Democratic side of the aisle, we got budget battles. We've got, uh, what else? we got the presidential race, obviously. Ooh. Ron DeSantis going to, Eating up. Going to Iowa. Losing, Selling books. Getting... Fit and trim. Selling books, taking names. Maybe he's just getting ready for the Florida summer. Maybe it's not <laughs> nothing to do with the presidential race. I'm doing all my all I can to make people feel better on this snowy Friday here in Wisconsin. Now I, I have listeners in Florida and Texas and California, so well California's getting nailed with rain and stuff, but Florida and Texas, they probably got some good weather right now. Well, I would think so. And one of your uh, regular guest hosts, Tracy Johnson's out hitting golf balls. I just saw her I on saw social that. media. Yeah. Yeah. Over at, uh, she's, she's, she's going to make it springtime. Yeah. Tracy's got the, the best attitude. She was on the show yesterday talking about the, we should get to that one, the, the home brew coalition, you know, trying to get that yeah. stadium thing going. Any, you think there'll be any problems with that? Think that I, no, I think the Republicans will get that figured out. Yeah. 
Why don't they talk at the beginning, though, instead of like go the back? That's what frustrates me. This, this, while the governor has this idea, we're going to take the idea and just redo it. It's like, why don't you just figure it out at the beginning? Just jointly present it like we're all friends. Well, it comes back to trust, right? We're <laughs> still does. building trust between Circle the of governor trust, yeah. and, and the GOP majorities, and uh, it's not where it needs to be just yet, but we're working on it. Now, Joseph Pecky is in my circle of trust, even though we disagree on things. Is that, is that the way you look at it, Joe? Absolutely. And I'm honored to be in that circle. (laughs) See (laughs) how nice we are all together on this snowy Friday. All right, gentlemen, I don't know if you've uh, been paying attention, but there's a race, there's a a presidential race next year, 2024. There is. They tell me. All right. So there'll be a debate in Milwaukee in about five months. Another another success for Milwaukee. So all the beating up that happens about this city, that's another win, win, win for the city, which is pretty awesome considering we have the DNC sort of and we'll have their RNC. All right. I'm going to start with you, Bill. Ron DeSantis is certainly making a lot of gestures and moves that suggest, including slimming down, that he's going to run for president. Yep. This is not going to be a surprise. He's running for president. I think he's running for president. It's a two-person race between he and Trump at this point. Uh, DeSantis has been smart. He hasn't taken the bait when Trump goes after him, and and, uh, he is laser-like focused on his legislative session. He wants to put some more points on the board in Florida that he can showcase around the country. And if I were him or if I was advising him, that's exactly what I would have him do. I completely agree, but you know he wants to. Oh, I'm sure he does. He's oh. a competitive guy, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's an athlete. He's a he's a former veteran. So I'm sure he doesn't like taking those shots and, and uh, would like to respond. But I, I think this is the wise strategy for him is let Trump be in the lead on these national polls, which I think Joe would agree don't even matter. It's state by state. That's how the president is elected. So let Trump hold that lead for the next few months and sort of punch himself out. You're the Democrat in the room, Joe. Um, I know you have some thoughts on the Republican side. Do you, do you think what's that race going to be like from your perspective, the, the DeSantis-Trump warfare? I just can't believe Bill has already given up on Nikki Haley. I thought that I thought that was his candidate. I didn't give up on her. In fact, yesterday I sent her campaign manager a little text uh, because I saw her on Neil Cavuto, and and she was on fire. She was really, really good, and she's saying a lot of things that will resonate in a GOP primary. There's no doubt about that. And I'm the Nikki Haley supporter in the room because I wrote her in. Yeah, I like so, Nikki Haley. So it's not a two person race, and I think that. Oh, it is. But she's she could be on the ticket very easily. And and who knows? You, you, you've been around this long enough, Joe, that, you know, something cataclysmic could happen between the big two. And then, you know, there's an opportunity for someone else. Oh, absolutely. Listen, look, first, let's say this. Uh, best wishes to uh, Minority Leader McConnell uh, recovering in the hospital after a fall. Yes. Uh, Senator Feinstein was in the hospital recently. It is uh, a reminder that, you know, a lot of these folks are old of age old and, uh, okay come super on. old try to respect my elders here bill <laughs> yes um, in terms of the presidential race, Glad you said bill I not steve <laughs> i think we're at a really interesting moment where it now looks like the new york uh district attorney is going to indict trump we are starting to hear some rumbles out of georgia that the fulton county da is going to move uh, perhaps with an indictment, just the way the calendar works and, and the, the sort of rules and the road when it comes to legal action and elections, if anything's going to happen on the legal front for former President Trump, it's going to be in the next couple of months. And I think the question is, what will that mean politically? Will that cause Republicans to rally around him and actually make him stronger We know that President Trump, whatever else you think of him, 
He is the maybe the most effective counterpuncher that we've seen in American politics in the last 50 years. Um, he is never better than when he is sort of, you know, back to the wall, uh, seems like he's cornered and can lash out. And so I think it's an interesting moment where DeSantis is maybe trying to be too cute by half. You know, he's telling people he's going to run. He's going to Iowa, but he's not wink, wink running yet. Um, we've got these, you know, there's a new pack this week that's going to draft DeSantis. It's actually headed by a former top Trump official at the Department of Homeland Security. Ken so, Cuccinelli, yep. Yeah, they're, it's basically like two, like it's a couple of boxers, like, you know, circling each other around the ring. And at some point, all hell is going to break loose. Um, so, I, listen, I'm going to pop my popcorn and enjoy it. I am less convinced than I think the two of you that Mr. DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, is going to wear well over the long haul. But you don't know until you know. It's and, a different stage. No question about that. And we, we've yeah. talked about this in the past on how Scott Walker held up on that stage and how others uh, have held up on that stage over time. And uh, I think DeSantis will uh, stand the test of time. But as it relates to Trump. You know, he's going to have 30% of the GOP base regardless. And I don't think these charges, whether they come from New York or Georgia, will make one bit of difference to those folks. But 70% of the GOP base is looking for a new generation. I completely agree with that as well. But the problem for Trump, as I see it, is a lot of the voices, and I sample a lot of talkers across the country, diehard Trump guys, they're, they've moved on. They've moved on. And that's the problem. That's why I think DeSantis probably has that leg up. Uh, Joe, you guys. Do you ahead, guys Joe. not believe the new poll out of New Hampshire that showed Trump at over 50 percent? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I think it's too early to to worry too much about that. Politico had a story this morning that uh, they interviewed 187 county chairs from around the country. And and DeSantis was the clear front runner among county chairmen. And, you know, these are the people that do the doors and do the phone calling and the coffees and stuff for the for the candidate. Hey, Joe, real quick on the on the Democratic side. Biden's all in, as far as I know, barring some major story. Is there any chance at all that he would dump Kamala Harris, Vice President Harris, and pick a different no. running mate? Zero? I, I, zero. I think there is more chance that uh, President Biden changes his mind about running himself. And I would put that about like 0.5%. There's more chance of that happening than there is that if he runs again, he runs with a new VP. It's just not going to happen. Interesting. All right, we'll take a break here. Bill McCosham, Republican strategist, Joseph Hecke, Democratic strategist, sitting comfortably in his living room there at the uh, Shorewood Estate. Well, yeah, looking at his shoveled walk that goes right to his car. Yeah, good job, Joe, though, getting out there and shovel this morning. That's impressive. We've got to give him the, the, the respect it deserves. What kind of neighbor are you? You didn't shovel the neighbor's walk in front of their house. Come on. I went into their walk. <laughs> I thought liberals were giving people, right? He went a few feet into their yard. You're all about the little people. Come on, help a neighbor out. All right, we're going to break here back with uh, the gentleman after this on WTMJ. feel like an FM station this morning, spinning the tunes on this snowy Friday in Milwaukee. Welcome, everybody. Steve and Bill and Joe on WTMJ. Well, three of us are here. You, me, and Brandon. <laughs> Joe's... Uh, at an undisclosed location. Joe's sipping a pina colada in his shorts <laughs> and his sandals. His flip But no ball cap on. He sent us yeah, a, yeah. a very colorful picture. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, let, we'll leave it at that. All right, gentlemen, uh, budget battle Wisconsin. We'll, we'll get to the Brewers thing in a second, but um, 
Do we have a sense? I'll start with you, Bill, on uh, how things are going. Uh, well, I've been an optimist on this program. Uh, I still want to be an optimist, but I'm a little less so. Mm. So I, I think there is Tell me why. room to grow the trust between the governor and the GOP majorities and find that common ground on some key issues, whether it's education or crime or uh, aid to local governments, and and that requires work on both sides, right? You have to want to cut a deal to get a deal. And so we'll see how that plays out. I'm a little less optimistic today than I have been in recent weeks based on some conversations I've had this week in the Capitol. But listen, I'm going to remain hopeful that we can find a way uh, to get uh, a state. We will have a state budget, no question about that. The question is whether or not the governor will have his fingerprints on it during the process, in which case there will be some grand bargains along the way. Is it helpful to say to Governor Evers from Republicans to use the acronym DOA? Is that helpful politically? I guess it is. but Well, I think what, what the speaker was trying to relay is they're going to start from base, and that's pretty common, uh, So, which means they're going to work off the existing state budget. The governor's budget will be options for the Joint Committee on Finance to consider as they work their way through it. But rather than pe- pulling out pieces of the governor's budget that they don't like and and seeing what's left over, they'll just start from the existing budget and, and work from there. All right, Joe, your thoughts on the budget battle in Madison? Well, I don't think using phrases like DOA is helpful. I don't think, uh, you know, misleading the public about what you were told and not told beforehand about elements of the budget is helpful. And I'm with Bill. This has not been a good week for the kumbaya crowd who would like these gentlemen to get in a room and work it the heck out. Um, You know, let's let's set up the Brewers thing here. My sources in Madison are saying that the Speaker and the Majority Leader in the Senate were well aware that there was this plan with the Brewers and everybody was on the same page. And then when the governor's team rolls it out, all of a sudden it's the Republicans who are going, well, we didn't know about this. And, and that's just not helpful. And as you say, then, you know, saying we're going to tear it up and, and come up with our own deal. That's basically the same deal with like one minor tweak. What what are we doing here? What, like, what is the point of that? I, I don't understand why they can't figure it out. And I think, you know, to Bill's point, the trust is the, is the thing. And I just feel like this week it was the Republicans who, you know, maybe maybe didn't do their part to to build that trust. When on, I had an on the Brewers' proposal, whether it's Evers or the legislature, the Home Crew Coalition got together and said this is a really great thing. gave gave us some ideas about how that might work. Is that where the kind of the softening of the hardened positions is going to happen and it gets this done? I think the business community is going to play a vital role in this, uh, you know, as they did when County or Miller Park was built in 1995. Uh, I think that the Brewers package didn't necessarily need to be in the budget. It could have been announced separately. It, it is something that probably could have been worked on with the governor and the legislative leadership and probably the co-chairs of finance. Prior to announcing it, they could have all been standing at a press conference saying, we've got this deal and here's what we're going to get done. But set that aside. That's a process issue, and most voters don't really care about process. I think we will get there in the end. I think the Republicans and the Democratic governor will find a way to keep the brewers in Wisconsin. Does it make sense financially, economically, to use some one-time dollars that are available to finance stadium renovations i think it does i I might be in the minority on that uh and i don't want to get sideways with my leadership in the republican side but 
I think there is some merit to that. You, you certainly aren't going to do uh, the 0.1% right. sales tax, right? That, that was would very unpopular. Uh, and it cost the senator his, his seat uh, back in George P. Tack back in 1996. So uh, I, I thought that that was uh, a smart play with the money and spend down the balance a little bit. But, you know, we'll see if the legislature or if the Republicans come up with something different. Joe's it's a, okay, Bill. Go ahead, we Joe. Can both, we can both get sideways with our own party on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe's getting some love on the text line. A, a uh, Mrs. Dalton in Hartford saying that she uh, thinks Joe is one of the most logical and polite Democrat strategists she knows. He is. I well, would agree with that. Well, that well, no, I just, on the Brewers piece of it, thank you, Ms. Dalton. Um, <laughs> uh, on the Brewers piece, wait, $290 million for a professional sports franchise that charges me 9 bucks for a a pint of beer when I'm sitting at the game. I, I just, I am not a fan of using public dollars for sports. Sports is a trillion dollar business in this country. There are other better things to spend that money on, but you know, the politics are what they are. And, and seemingly every program. I, I think he just took the Republican position, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Joseph Becky, hardcore Republican strategy. Wow. What was that about? You, yeah. so you say no to the, to the, to the state money for this renovation? Listen, I wasn't a fan of the four hundred and fifty or five hundred million dollars for the Bucks. I'm not a fan of two hundred and ninety million dollars for the Brewers. I love, I love both of those teams. You are for the little guy. I like <laughs> it. Those right. are among the ball caps I own, but I don't think that's what we should be putting public money for. All right, he is Joseph Pecky, Democratic strategist, and a lot of other things as well as Bill McCosh on the Republican side. After the break, the grab bag. I never know. What our two guests are going to bring up. We'll hear all of that after this on WTMJ. Oh, Brandon, getting it done on this Friday morning on WTMJ. Bill McCosh and Joseph Hecke. It's uh, the grab bag segment of this outstanding hour of Milwaukee Radio. Bill McCosh, what's in your grab bag? My grab bag is going to be Mayor Cavalier Johnson. Uh, This week he thought big and i like big thinking politicians he said you know i'd like to see milwaukee get back to a million people it's been 35 40 years since we've been anywhere near that but i like big thinking and to do that you you want to have you want to have pro sports teams you want to have the milwaukee bucks you want to have the milwaukee brewers you want to have uh the rnc and the dnc here you want to have mlb uh all-star game you want to have the nba all-star game and those are all things that this mayor has said in recent months, and and I think that kind of energy is what this city needs. So uh, my shout-out this week or my grab bag is uh, Cavalier Johnson, keep it up. And the fact that he's been to Madison, you know, like twice a week for the last two months. Isn't that something? <laughs> it's, it's a good sign, right? And he's building those relationships. He's building trust that we talk about every week. And I don't know what the final outcome will be for the city of Milwaukee, but I think it'll be the best budget they've had in some time. That could have been Joe's grab bag, for Pete's sake. <laughs> All right, Joe, so Pecky, what's in your grab bag on this Friday morning? Is that former Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark's entrance music I hear? (laughs) Why would you make that association? Uh, On Monday, Sheriff Clark is launching a new podcast. Uh, I am hearing that he's being uh, asked to consider running for United States Senate in 2024 against Tammy Baldwin. Uh, I think that's a crazy idea. Uh, I'm not a fan of the former sheriff, but if you look at you know the way he's uh, messaging and positioning himself, uh, you're, he sounds a lot like a candidate taking on the the Rhino establishment in Washington and the Biden administration. 
So is this a grift or is this uh, former sh- former Sheriff Clark setting himself up for a run for statewide office in 2024? I, Stay tuned. I don't even know he still lived in the States. I don't know if he does. He, he, yeah, may. he may. But that, that doesn't stop Eric Hubby or Tim All Michaels. All right, stop. <laughs> Tim, Michaels, way, Tim Michaels is a good sh- guy. Stop blowing him up all the time. I want to shout out Brandon uh, for the, the, the songs today. Also, was that him I saw at about 10 o'clock last night during the blizzard in shorts and a tank top walking his dog on the south side? <laughs> that was not me, Joe, but I, I was wearing shorts last night. Uh, he wears shorts almost every day of the year, so that's not unique. But that's a nice shout-out, and, and I agree. He, I asked him to do something, and he took it. Right in everyone's spirits. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. Always great to see you, Bill. Great to see making you. that slog in and that's in this difficult yep. conditions. Joe sitting in your little comfortable I, chair I at can't home. Wait till next week when it's like seventy-three. <laughs> I'm just calling it from Superior, and I'm down. In I could have been in Superior today. I had a reason to be there. I didn't go. I was I was here for you, Joe, and you weren't here for me. Gentlemen, go clear your driveways <laughs> and your sidewalks. We'll do it again next Friday. The news is next on WTMJ. Breaking down the biggest stories, talking about what really matters, and bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. Now, broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, here's Steve Scafidi. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the 10 o'clock hour Friday edition. Have you survived the snowstorm of the week? Every week now we get, like, weekending snowstorms. I made it in. Hopefully you made it in if you were on the road. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the weather. It's the weather. We deal with it. But I am going to spend some time on my show poll, at least at the beginning of this hour. So I'm always intrigued, sometimes confused by listener emails, texts, sometimes voicemails, which is much harder to do, by the way. Um, you got you to gotta be diligent if you want to get that to that level of contact. But I appreciate the effort. Trust me. On, on what people think is not enough coverage of a topic or too much. So I actually made it my show poll today. And as you'll see later in the 11 o'clock hour, I'm actually looking ahead to St. Patrick's Day already. So even in the poll today, I said on, the, on this last Friday before St. Patrick's Day, which is next Friday, what story are you already tired of talking about? And I gave you three pretty different choices. Aaron Rodgers trade, which I'm going to talk about in a second. That's at 63% now with almost 200 votes. So well done to those who had voted on our Twitter poll, 620WTMJ or at WTMJ Steve. Well done, you. Oscars slash Will Smith, about 20% of you. And just to throw politics into the mix, 2024 presidential election. I'm not going to spend much time on that because we just spent an hour on politics with my good friends, Joseph Pecky and Bill McCashin. I call it one of the best hours in Milwaukee radio, and hopefully you agree as well. But the Aaron Rodgers thing. So I, I had the good fortune of sitting in with uh, my teammate Gabe Neitzel. He of Jen, Gabe, and Chewy fame on ESPN 94.5, right down the hall from us here at GKB. And it was about Aaron Rodgers. Also about meatballs, because... For some reason, they, they talk about random things like meatballs, and I was the Sicilian in the room, so I went there. But I had an interesting take on Aaron Rodgers. I, I kind of want to hear if you agree or disagree. 
So there's the sports take, right? What does it do to the Packers' chances to win a Super Bowl? Will Jordan Love take him to the next level like Favre did previously and Aaron Rodgers after him? That's all interesting stuff. I'm not a sports guy or a sports show. I'm not going to make fun of him for his um, desire, willingness to try different treatments in search of a calmer head and a mental health aspect of being a very talented quarterback. But I made a point on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy's show this morning with uh, Gabe Nice when Brian D was also filling in that there's, there's something that's not being talked about. And it's the, what I call the, the next step mentally, the missing piece that gets you to a Super Bowl and win, helps you win a Super Bowl. Now, before you jump on me, I know Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. I was at the game. Relatively early in his career, five years into the league, 2010 season, Super Bowl paid, played in February of 2011. So maybe the, the psyche of Aaron Rodgers was more just all out, boom, let's go, let's win a Super Bowl. And maybe over the years, some of the things that have, have happened to him, injuries, horrific losses, and I still I mentioned this on their show, the 2014 loss to Seattle, one of the most horrific losses in Packers history, in my opinion. The point I'm trying to make here is it takes an incredibly talented individual to quarterback a team to the Super Bowl and to win a Super Bowl, with very rare exceptions. Think about Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and Bart Starr and Peyton Manning. Oh, I mean, the list is not that long, but it's, an, it's uh, just the pinnacle of sports, really, in the most watched sports events in the world. And I made the point with Gabe and Brian that as much as Aaron Rodgers appreciates the mental health aspects of all the things he's done, whether it's ayahuasca, whether it's the uh, the sensory deprivation, it suggests that in his psyche, in his brain, in his gray matter, he struggles at times. The youthful exuberance of 2010 has been replaced by, I don't know, maybe some self-doubt, maybe some unsuredness. And that little bit of a sliver of doubt can sometimes lead to a quarterback who, in the, in the most difficult situations, and I don't blame 2014 on Aaron Rodgers, but in the previous few seasons here in Green Bay, that little hesitation in your brain that says, maybe I don't have it all figured out. Maybe I need help in that area. And I'm, again, I'm not bashing Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying that's the missing piece. And I use this example. Take it away from Aaron Rodgers if you don't, if you don't trust that analogy. Tom Brady. Winning this quarterback in Super Bowl history seven times. He wins with Tampa. He retires and then unretires. Again, there's that little sliver of doubts, right? Retire, no retire, back and forth, back and forth. He plays for Tampa. Again, that's not the only factor. Has what most people consider to be not a typical Tom Brady season. Lost some tough games. Struggled at times, through interceptions, uncharacteristically. That's that little missing piece. Again, that, that, that lack of all-in 
that sometimes is the difference between winning a Super Bowl and isn't. And I, and I also made the comparison to Patrick Mahomes. He's in that phase where that's his sole focus. There isn't any off-season anxiety. He wants to get right back in there, right after the Super Bowl, and play again next week if he could. And you don't have that when you're 39 or 45. Because there obviously are life events, situations, realities that you're not facing when you're 26, which is how old Aaron Rodgers was when he won the Super Bowl. The interesting thing about the Packers and Super Bowls, Bart Starr, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, all around the same age when they won their first Super Bowl. Jordan, uh, I called you Jordan. Producer Brandon, he hates when I do that. I hate when I do it, too. Just Google the age of Jordan Love. I don't think he's 26 yet, but he's, he's getting up there. He's younger than some people that are being drafted this year. He can't be that young. He is. How old? Look it up. So, you know, the overall question is, are you nervous about Aaron Rodgers leaving or upset? No. I want him to be happy, first off, because he's given me great delight as a Packers fan. I was, I was calculating in my head during, before the show how many times I've seen him play, and it's about 100 times. How old was Rodgers when he won? I think he's 26. <laughs> This would put Jordan Love right on track. He's only, he just turned 24. Okay, so, I mean, we're talking, isn't that interesting? I think that That's is. That's what good teams do, though, by the way. Absolutely, which is why I don't sweat a Jordan Love-led Packers. Let's see what the young man has. Yeah. Just like we, we saw what Aaron Rodgers had. We, did anybody think Aaron Rodgers was going to be Aaron Rodgers? Come on, be honest. And and not only that, but, like, you've you've exhausted every avenue with Aaron Rodgers. What, what else are you going to do? You've brought in all his buddies. You've won, you know, you have heartbreak losses. I mean, you've done everything you can. You've paid him over two hundred million dollars throughout his career, generational wealth. There's only so much you can do. It just he wasn't able to get it done in the last part of his career. If he leaves, and, and trust me, if he leaves, we'll do wall to wall sports because that's kind of what we do here. But I don't begrudge him. I wouldn't be mad at him. No, he gave us some of the most entertaining moments in our lives as Packer fans. Why in the world? Come on, I can remember the Chicago game. I don't know when this was. Probably. I don't know, six years ago, he, he got injured in the first half and came back and won the game at Lambeau Field, mm-hmm. or the game where he blew him out in the first half was 42 to nothing. Yeah, six touchdowns. I, I tweeted that out yesterday. I, I, it's perfectly okay if you're a Packers fan. You don't. It's not like an ugly divorce, right? You don't have to pick one side or the other. You can be torn that your team might be trading away your favorite player or one of your favorite players, and you could also be excited about the future at the same time. You can be both. Yeah, and here's the thing about sports. There's always your next favorite player. I love Brett Favre. I got a, I got a life-size cutout of Brett Favre in my Packers shrine downstairs. I scare the heck out of my grandkids with this thing, <laughs> especially my youngest. But I'm not mad at Brett Favre. I'm not mad at Aaron Rodgers. I, I loved Bart Starr. And I, had the, I had the thrill of a lifetime to get to sit down at a table. Me and Bart Starr, before he had some of the health issues he had, and that is a treasured moment in my life. And I appreciate greatness. And we should appreciate what Aaron Rodgers brought to this team. It was greatness. He gave us a Super Bowl. Trust me, there's a lot of teams that haven't won a Super Bowl, including a team to our West. And South. And South, yeah. And that's the other thing, too. Like, oh, you only have two Super Bowls in 30 years. That Winning is hard. It's hard. And that's why those teams that, that say it, Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit, they've never they haven't won it. Chicago's going on forty years. Yeah. Eighty five. <laughs> Come on. So let let's let's slow the roll. There's a lot of things going on with this crazy sport called the NFL football. NFL football. 
And one of them is the psyche of your quarterback. Whether it's Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh, whoever it is. If it was easy, your guy would win. It's not easy. Never has been. So don't hate on Aaron Rodgers. All right, we'll take a break. Lots more to get to. We'll do all of that after this on WTMJ. Ah, I love the music on this Friday. I hope you're having a great time out there. Shoveling, snow plowing, snow throwing, salting. It's it's a nasty. It's a, if you're in Wisconsin, I know not all of you are, but if you're in uh, in your in your uh, heavy gear out there clearing the snow, but still listening, I appreciate you. Love you for that for that commitment to the station. Speaking of commitment, I wasn't planning to talk about this, but I, I we get viewer mail, and so I'm looking at my viewer mail. And it was turned over, so I didn't notice what it was right away. But uh, And folks on Twitter, would, oh, I just tweeted it out. It's actually a closed Wolski sticker that they sent in the mail. Uh, PJ sent me in the mail. Her husband works at Wolski's. And uh, I love this. And then Danny Clayton from uh, Annex. He's their, their uh, IT radio communications guy over there at uh, Annex Wealth Management. Uh, huge, big-time radio guy as well. You hear his voice right here doing commercials still. Best voice in the market, as far as I'm concerned. He goes, you you got to earn that sticker, No Stolen Valor. Dude, I was there a 100 times or more. I spent every weekend of my college life at Wolski's. I heard the Rosalita. I heard when they, I don't know if they still play it, but the New York, New York. I heard that. I played pool on their tables. I spilled beer on their floor. And I, I, I've had this idea. I'm going to do like an impromptu visit the week of the 20th. I'm a bachelor that week. Wife's traveling to Vegas. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and she'll have a blast there. I'm going to do like a, I'm going to Uber over there so I don't have to worry about drinking and driving. On one of the weeknights and um, and hang out. I'll, I'll let you know when that's going to be if you want to come in and say hi or just hang out. I'll even buy you a beer. How's that? So the folks at Wolski's, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's a Milwaukee landmark just off Humboldt Avenue. Um, it's fun. It's old school. Uh, it is just. It's a slice of what makes Milwaukee fun when you're talking about, you know, local taverns. It is the essence of this this fun town. You got that Polish name, right? Wolskis. And, you know, speaking of the sticker, I actually have a sticker that I got. I went last summer and I, and I got a sticker. That I get, they gave me a sticker. And I, um, I think I have it up in my office at home. I'm actually going to frame that, I think. Maybe I'll get somebody, maybe get the owner to sign it for me www.wolskis.com. I want to find out what, what I'm talking about. And if you're if you're coming to Milwaukee, if you're somewhere else, ask your Uber driver, your taxi driver, whoever you're with that's from here, hey, let's go to Wolski's. Let's go check it out. And right around the corner is Scafidi's, by the way, which is also a fun bar. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back with news. We'll get to some serious topics as well. Enjoying this Friday broadcast. Hopefully you are as well. On our way to the weekend, don't forget, I'm going to do a special I'm excited about this. I was going to wait till St. Patrick's Day, but I'm going to I may do it twice. It's so good. A special early St. Patrick's Day edition of If Steve Rode the World. This thing is on fire. This is solid gold. This is 24 karat diamond, which would be worth is that 24 karat gold. If you had a 24 karat diamond, that'd be crazy, right? It'd be like a softball. <laughs> See, I make mistakes sometimes, but I, I own my mistakes. All right, we'll take a break. We'll get to the news. 
and a whole lot more after this on WTMJ. Oh, you're going to love me in a second. Last chance to win a pair of tickets to see the amazing, incomparable, very talented Patty LaBelle. Riverside Theater, May 20th. Last chance to win a pair of tickets. Number to call right now is 855-616-1620. One more time, 855-616-1620. What number am I feeling? Hmm. Let's go with number nine to eight five five six one six one six twenty. This is it, last chance, Patty Labelle. And how cool is it that she came back after that shortened concert due to some knucklehead who called in a bomb threat? I can see the phone lines are already all green. So uh, well done, you. Uh, caller number nine will be very lucky to see her. All the great rhythm and blue classics, pop, spiritual stuff. Probably one of the most versatile artists that you'll see. As a concert goer, enjoy it. Riverside Theater, May 20th. Call number 9 to 855-616-1620. Warming it up on a Friday for you in Wisconsin. It's cold and snowy. Looks like the snow is going to get out of here fairly soon. I'm still hanging out a little bit on the lake fronts. And uh, shout out to my wife, Kathy, who has snow, snow blowed the driveway, sidewalks. you got to love that. Although she did leave my truck with the 10 inches of snow on it to clear that, my F-150 in the driveway. So I will take care of that when I get home. But my burden is, has been eased for the weekend. And I'm, I'm ready for the weekend. I was telling Bill Makasha when he was in studio earlier, I have zero plans. Now, one of the things I'm actually going to do, I'm reversing my sort of personal ban on watching the I'm going to watch the Oscars on Sunday night. I'm going to give them a chance. So why am I bringing this up? I was reading a couple stories over the last few days, and I, and I, I know I wanted to get to it on Friday, about the future of the Oscars. So I'm old enough to remember when Bob Hope was the host. I mean, that's, it's been a while. And then I, I can remember when Jack Nicholson was the featured front row guy, right? All of his great films. Going back to, you know, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Chinatown, and many after that. He's probably been nominated. I, I could have Googled it, but I didn't probably eight times, I'm guessing, something like that. Probably won a couple times. But I'm going to give them a chance. But I'm curious to know, because we, we've all talked about this, every talk show in the country has talked about the politicization of Hollywood, right? Even though those who pay attention, who actually read behind the headlines, know that there's actually a significant number of people in Hollywood who, who are conservative. Or at least identify with the right side of the political aisle. And I think it's a misnomer, misconception to just assume everybody thinks the same. Now, is there a lot of liberals in Hollywood? Absolutely. And we see it in the films they produce. We see it in the comments they make when they win award shows. But I'm going to give them a chance this year. One, because I have a lot of respect for people who, that I know that work occasionally or show up on our, our station, like Matt Miller, writes reviews. And I, I generally uh, like to read what Matt has to say about films. But I wanted to give it a chance. I I do get a sense that some of the people that show up at the Academy Awards, Oscars, are also tired of people making speeches that have nothing to do with the films they make. And that's happened for a long time, trust me. It's not new. It's not a product of the last few years. It's been going on forever. Marlon Brando had a, a woman come up and accept his award on behalf of Native Americans. I mean, it's happened before. 855-616-1620. 
I'm giving him another chance. I will watch the broadcast. Now, hopefully they don't make me stay up past 10 o'clock. Usually that's the, the issue, right? Because I like to go to bed before 10 o'clock because I wake up very early. This will be the 95th Academy Awards. They're promising that it's going to be different. They're going to headline that I was reading in a story uh, last night was they're going to f- try to fix the Oscars again. Now, everybody remembers last year, right? Will Smith, the slap heard around the world. I like Will Smith, but I could care less about Will Smith. The fact that he's banned for 10 years, don't care. And I'm in the, the camp that says he should have been charged. You don't get to do that. And I did some time on the show yesterday. I spent some time yesterday talking about this reaction to the reaction, right? Chris Rock finally addresses it in a Netflix special, and now he's the bad guy. And to those people, I say, you're crazy. The only bad guy here is Will Smith. Somebody made a joke. You couldn't handle it. You assaulted a peer on live television in front of a billion people. You're the bad guy. You should have been punished more severely than you were. And a 10-year ban is probably light because I wouldn't trust you. And Chris Rock makes a great point about that in his special. Will Smith is a big dude. He played Muhammad Ali. He's built. And Chris Rock's not. Probably weighs 150 pounds soaking wet. So that's not a fair fight to begin with. 855-616-1620. Will you watch? I'm going to go back and try it. Now, if I watch it, and it's a barrage of left-leaning political speeches and an event that's supposed to celebrate great artistry in the movie industry, you'll lose me pretty quick. But I'm willing to give it a chance. I want to be flexible. I will watch the Oscars Sunday night. Will you join me? Or will you not watch? I'm happy as you know what on this Friday. My wife Kathy's already cleared the driveway. That's out of the way. Might have a drink in my future this afternoon. Why not? Friday, weekend. Let's get to I'm not going anywhere. A little soul boxer on ice. How does, how's that sound? Sounds good, if you ask me. All right. So I asked a question before the break. I, I am breaking my... Personal ban on watching the Oscars. I tuned away for a couple of years. Actually, last year I did, in full disclosure, tune back after the Will Smith thing. Just to see what was going on. Just to hear the uh, temperature of the room, which was interesting. Trust me. I'm going to give it another chance. I'm going to give it a try. And they can lose me quickly, as I said, if they veer off and start making this a, uh, a campaign for uh, Joe Biden's next presidential election. Mike joins us on the phone lines. You can join us as well, 855-616-1620. Mike has done that. Hey, Mike. Good morning, Steve. How are you? You probably have it on speed dial, I would, I would imagine. I know it by heart. Yes. I don't have it on speed dial, but it's easy number to remember. We have to, we have to get a uh, – I'm talking to producer Brandon and Mike at this moment. We have to get Mike from Illinois to record a promo for us with the number to call. That's genius. I'd be happy to. All right, we got. We'll have to work. We'll have to work that up. Springsteen for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like the fact that you are enthusiastic about Springsteen. I got to tell you though, you got to work okay. on it. You got to work on it a little bit. All right. Well, I'll be doing some karaoke this weekend, so I'll be doing it. <laughs> nice. Nice. What's your go-to song? Do you sing a Springsteen song karaoke, or you do something else? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, Springsteen, Steger, and uh, Melon Camp are my go-tos, but uh, for Springsteen, it's Thunder Road. Oh, that is the best. 
That is the best. All right, Mike. I can nail it. I'm talking. All right, all right. We'll we'll take your word for it. Um, all right, so yeah. Oscars. Uh, I don't know if you've watched or not watched, but if you don't watch, are you giving it a, another chance? Um, I do watch, and that's usually just the beginning because uh, I do appreciate the pop and circumstance. Um, kind of like what you were saying about the Super Bowl. I mean, it's a Super Bowl of movie awards, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does mean something. It's a, it's a big part of our culture and country. So I will watch. Unfortunately, a lot of the movies I don't know because I'm a traditionalist where I just watch movies at the theater, and that's how I find out the movies. All these other uh, streaming services I don't really uh, get into. But, um, yeah, I don't appreciate the left-leaning speeches a lot of times. So, um, even without that, I probably won't last too long. Um, you know, obviously now they have a big award right at first. I won't make it to the end of the show, but I will, I do, I will give it its due diligence. So did you, uh, there's one, two, three, four, five, looks like 10 nom- nomination nominees for best picture. Uh, have you seen Maverick? Yeah. Have you seen Maverick? Of course. Okay. So course. you saw that one. I have, I've seen yep. Elvis. I saw, which is a very good movie. Yep. It was very good. I haven't seen Avatar. Yeah, I won't see that. Why? Um, Why? I just I'm not into um, that type of movie. Um, that, that genre. You know, I just yeah, it doesn't it doesn't float my boat. Um, I like more reality a lot of times with the historical context. Um, so I did watch uh, the Banshees of In uh, Sharon. Great, great movie. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I, I liked it yeah, as well. I, I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I love, I mean, what attracted me was it was in Ireland, and I love, you know, Ireland. Um, but I did, it was great except for the weirdness of cutting off his fingers. I just thought that was bizarre. <laughs> hey, spoiler alert, buddy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry. That's just a small part of it. Sorry. Yes, yes. Actually, it is a great film. Anyway. So, I mean, you've seen a couple. I've seen three of them, like me. I, I mean, that's that's more than I usually yeah. see, I can tell you that. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a big, I mean, I love movies, I do, but like, you know, I, I definitely have a certain type of movie I like to see, and, you know, Maverick was one that a lot of people were waiting for for a long time, so. All right, man, drive safe. on my list. Drive safe if you're out and about today, Mike Coyne from Illinois. Um, here's the rundown, best pictures. All Quiet on the Western Front, I'm going to try to watch that this weekend. Avatar, haven't gotten to it. I saw the original movie, I, I liked it. Elvis, loved the film. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once, it's on my list, it pops up on my Streaming services all the time. I saw Banshees of and Sharon. Uh, loved the film. The Fablemans, Spielberg's sort of life story. Had not seen it. Um, I don't know if it's still in theaters. That would be probably a film that I would see. I love Top Gun Maverick, just like I enjoyed the the original. Um, I actually thought, maybe you disagree, maybe you agree, that this one was better than the first one. I just I just enjoyed it more. And maybe because I maybe knew it was coming and, and uh, I was impressed, as I, I've said this before. I wasn't, at the beginning of his career, a big Tom Cruise fan. But body of work, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. The fact that he does what he does, flies jets now. Apparently flies helicopters. He's got a, a motorcycle thing in, in uh, a movie coming out this year that he did himself. Um, it's just great, great theater. And, and I, think, I think Tom Cruise gets it cinematically he understands the industry matter of fact if you saw maverick in the theater which i did he kind of reintroduces us to the concept of going to the movies again which i'm sure my friend greg marcus at marcus theaters appreciates and i'll say this i understand we've gotten to this point in our lives where the home theater and the home theater experience with the big tvs is is cool it's great sound systems all of that and i i'm not 
blowing that up. I, I enjoy it as well. But seeing a movie in a theater, there's nothing like it. Freshly popped popcorn, great seats. You can even get bargains. You had me at popcorn. Yeah, the pop. I I said I, I said this a few weeks ago. We got to get Greg Marcus back in here. If, we if, do. I'll, I'll pay for the bag of popcorn. He brought that big bag of popcorn in. It was fantastic. I tell you, I go there periodically and grab it, and it lasts like a week. The kids I know. love it. It's so good. Yeah, I brought it to a party. It was like the, the hit of the party. So, Greg Marcus, if you're listening, I know you do. I will go to the movies because my wife and I are talking about going because we have nothing scheduled this weekend. And I got to get some of that popcorn. What are you going to go see? Because I we were looking at movies too, but there's I that's the that's the thing for me. It's not anything I really want to see. That's, Creed looks good though. The new Creed, but it's supposed to be like I was just talking about. Maybe the, the sequel better. This is considered to be really good. That's what I've heard. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm, I'm hooked at boxing. Uh, just to, to round out the ten, Triangle of Sadness. I have no idea what that's about. Tar. Um, that is about a conductor who I think is is wrangling with some issues, and that's as much as I know about it. And then Women Talking is the tenth. So overall, just my my take on the the Oscars. I'm going to give it another chance. I know that Carol is going to watch, and, and she joins me on Monday's show. So I want to make sure that I know what she knows and what she watched. So we will we will join together on this joint viewing experience. But we're not in the same room, but you know what I mean. We'll both watch. Uh, I got some texts on this. You're welcome to join us on the phone, 855-616-1620. Will you go back or will you continue to watch the Oscars? And if you have one... What's your favorite for Best Picture? I said mine was Maverick. What's yours after this on WTMJ? Happy Friday, everybody. Don't forget, 1108. I'm doing it a week early. I want to. I'm in a good mood. The Irish edition of If Steve Ruled the World a week early. I may do it again next week. As much as I chastise those people who are overly enthusiastic about St. Patrick's Day, especially the ones who drive drunk, I enjoy the holiday. All right. So I see on hold, is this... Local celebrity Joanne Joanne Williams calling my show on a Friday. Is this local celebrity Joanne? Yes, it is. Hi, Steve. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. What prompted you to call me on this Friday? Well, you're talking about Oscars, and I just wanted to tell you, mm-hmm. aside from the political and, and societal things that get into in the Oscars, what a thrill it is to win an award like that. Uh, because I just won a bunch of them for my documentary film. I know you and have. Is... I follow you on Facebook. So tell our audience about it, because you've been on a bunch of times talking about the making of the film. Now we're on to the award-winning phase of that story. <laughs> yes. And there's there's nothing like the thrill of hearing the name of your film announced uh, in the best documentary feature category and having to walk up there and pick up the award and have people applaud uh that's a thrill that I didn't expect to get with my film, but I have uh, three times now. So it's, it's, it's great. And I really, I can really understand what those folks in Hollywood feel when they go up to get that Oscar. So One what, of these days, what do you say when you go up there? Can you see me? Give me the speech. I, I thank um, the team that, that helped me make the film. I try to remember all the names of the team, but I forget usually one or two. And then I have to apologize to them. Uh, I tell them how grateful I am that they appreciated my film, and uh, I hope to do another one. You know, it's, it's a really, it's really a very emotional thing. 
I see the um, the actors and actresses that win these award shows and the big one, of course, the Oscars, which is on Sunday night, and they always seem nervous. And that always surprised me because I mean, they're, they're their job is to entertain and be in public. Although it's a little bit different with film. Do you do you get nervous when you go up there? Or are you have you done it so long that you're cool as a cucumber, as they say? <laughs> well, no, I get nervous. Probably not as much as they do because they're not used to doing things on live television. Right, and I am. Which you you but have done brilliantly nervous. in your career. Thank you. You still get nervous because you don't know if you're going to win because they read the list of the other uh, competing films and then they announce yours and you stand up and you go and get your award. Uh, it's 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 something I didn't expect, but uh, I just recently won the best documentary feature at the Beloit Film Festival. Nice. And that was the first time I won in Wisconsin. So it's uh, it makes you smile an awful lot. Let me um, let me have you do this because uh, I we talked many times uh, in the run up to the release of the film of your, your documentary. Um, tell the folks about it, what it is. We only have a couple minutes before break, but I wanted to get that in. Oh, it's called the Exchange in White America, Kakana and King. Fifty years later, and it's about a high school student exchange between Rufus King High School and Kakana High School that took place in 1966. And the play they did was in White America. It was then restaged in 2016, 50 years later, and then it was taken up to Kakana in 2018 so the community there could see what they had been involved in 50 years before. Yeah, and it, this, the story is tremendous, and that's probably why you're winning the award. So let me ask you two quick ones before we let you go, and, and I, I want, to, want you to come back on as you continue to stack these awards at some point in the future in studio. Um, where do you put the awards that you win? <laughs> I have them in my in my um, in my office. Very nice. Which you know is in my house, which is like everybody has an office in their house. But I have them up on a bookshelf, and surprisingly, I'm running out of space on the bookshelf. That's a good so problem. Move things around. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> I do. All right, and last thing. Yeah. Do you watch the Oscars? And because I'm coming back to them after taking a few years off, do you watch the Oscars? And what do you like about them? I watch the Oscars every year. I used to try and see all the Best Picture nominees, but now that they've gone up to 10, I can't make all 10. That's a lot. Uh, but, I, but I have a theory. The last film that I see before the Oscar night is the one that wins. Oh. And I don't know why that's true, but that's true almost every year that I've watched. So I haven't seen anything. I'll probably see a movie tomorrow uh, and maybe uh, Sunday morning. But the last movie that I see... Breaking down the biggest stories, talking about what really matters, and bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. Now, broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, here's Steve Scafidi. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you survived this part of the States and elsewhere. The snow. Um... Just a word of caution, because somebody sent this to me a little bit early, and I, I forgot to mention it. If you're in an area with power outages, especially down power lines, notify if you're aware of it. Otherwise, steer clear. That's dangerous, and you don't want to put yourself or, your, or others' lives at risk. So, I mean, there's a lot of tree branches down, so those, when they happen, can take those lines down. And as I learned a couple of years ago, you, you often don't know what you're walking into. So just notify first, We Energies, if that's your provider, and then... Uh, Obviously, steer clear. All right, so I was thinking long and hard last night. We got a, we're a week out from St. Patrick's Day. 
And I could have waited till next Friday to do the Irish edition, as I call it, of if Steve ruled the world. But I thought, you know, why? Why why shouldn't we build the anticipation, the excitement, the fun? I love hearing the Irish music, which we which will filter in throughout the uh next fifteen minutes or so. So without any further delays, here is this week's edition of If Steve Ruled the World. First, folks, did you know about $245 million is spent, million dollars, is spent on beer every year on St. Patrick's Day celebrations around the world? And about $235 million of that goes down the bathroom drain in about an hour. Hello, green beer. And you know what? You know what else? I'm actually part Irish, but not the red hair parts. Not the drink too much parts. Not the good at golf kind of Irish, although I wish I was. More of the, I can't find where I parked my car after three hours of drinking Guinness at an Irish pub kind of Irish guy. Remember when everything shut down in Wisconsin on St. Patrick's Day a few years ago, the pandemic? That was the the big day, right? Unless, of course, you lived outside of Milwaukee County or Dane County. In that case, it's more of an alcohol-fueled middle finger toast to anybody who took the virus seriously. We remember that. We remember. Basically, this is an oldie but goodie. You'll, you'll recognize this one. Basically how Donald Trump approached the whole thing. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do, either through the skin or in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Right. And then I see the disinfectant. It knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that? Injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number. So it would be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. It's the rule of the world. Man, somebody should bottle that brilliance. Did you know that St. Patrick's real, real name was Maywin Sukat? And he was British. Here's a thought. Maybe we shouldn't have holidays famous for drinking, named after name-changing non-drinking priests who aren't even Irish. Just a thought, people. Look it up. So all this time we've been living this big lie, not the big lie, of course, about the 2020 election was stolen or that Michael Gable, and of course, has an even basic understanding of how election law in Wisconsin works, but the fact that this is an Irish holiday, supposedly. Up until about 20 years ago, this was not even a big deal in Ireland. Matter of fact, there's a famous saying, St. Patrick's Day is for the rest of the world who don't know how to party like the Irish do all year round. And what a surprise. What a unbelievable surprise that Wisconsinites embrace it like it's their own. Because after all, nothing says it's a holiday in Wisconsin like getting stumbling drunk, getting into bar fights, and two hours later, marrying that girl. But it's all right because, because as you know, Lenten restrictions are typically lifted on St. Patrick's Day. As devout Catholics, what have right. you girls given up for Lent? It's the rule of the world. And if you listen to the show, you know why I put that in there. Okay, the city of Chicago does this thing every year. They dump, they'll do it next week. 40 tons of dyes at Chicago River to turn it green on St. Patrick's Day. To be honest, I thought that was the regular color of that river, but who knows what they put in that river the other 364 days of the year. Maybe they could save a little of that green dye 
for some of that brown cow pasture that they call playing turf at Soldier Field. Have you seen that field? Come on, folks. And a little something for the environmentalists here, because I know you listen. You may not admit it to your friends on Twitter, but I know you listen. The dying of the river also kills the only fish capable of living in that dirty stream you call a river, which is carp. Although the rumor was that all those fancy seafood restaurants down there have been passing that stuff off as Chilean sea bass for years. True story. Second City, my... Now stop. Too early for too early for that. We'll, we'll get to that one in a second. All right. How about this one? It's hard for me to say I'm sorry. I just want you to stay. After all the who you've been through, I will make it up to you. Okay, I'm being told that's the group Chicago. Never mind. If Steve ruled the world. All right, see, more history here, because that's, uh, you know, I educate, entertain, and engage every day, 9 to noon on WTMJ. St. Patrick actually died on March 17, 461. Man, that's a long time ago. So we're really talking about a wake here, right? Instead of gorging ourselves on corned beef and overpriced green beer, maybe we should be a little more solemn. If you see an actual Irish person next week... Offer your condolences. And when they ask what for, just mumble something about the pandemic, Wisconsin politics, Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend, Joe Biden. Did you know he's Irish? They'll look at you like you're crazy, of course, but picking out the crazy ones from the sane ones in Wisconsin is no easy task. We know that, folks. We lose our you-know-what when our favorite fish fry place raises the prices. You would think with all the alcohol we drink in the state that we'd have figured out the answer to every problem by now, but, of course... Alcohol makes you smarter, at least that's what we're all telling each other. Or maybe it's cheese. I'm not sure. You can't handle the truth. It's the rule of the world. Now, if you listen to the show, you know I like to call out the idiots who watch shows like The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Love is Blind, the Kardashians. There's like, eight, you know, My 600-Pound Life. There's like 8 billion of these shows now. The Housewives of any big city in America, which is probably the worst thing on television. Degradation of women, overblown egos. On The Bachelor, guy, egos of guys who spend more time with their mirrors growing up than with their teachers. But yeah, by all means, watch these train wrecks every week. Well, if you, if you want reality and you're out and about on St. Patrick's Day and you see a fine lass across the bar or lad, don't take the easy way out and have the bartender deliver a drink for them. Take a chance. Walk over. Show some intestinal fortitude. Big guy or big girl. Start up a conversation. Where are you from? Are you Irish? Are you vaccinated? Where'd you go to school? Is it possible to be a Wisconsin Supreme Court justice and always be the dumbest person in the room? You know, real-life questions. Life wasn't built on just doing the easy thing or just buying your way to the top. Unless, of course, you're Donald Trump. Strippers, golf courses, votes, all the same to him. Lighten up, Francis. It's the rule of the world. Was that for me or Trump? I'm not sure. One of the key elements of enjoying the St. Patrick's Day festivities, and again, we're doing it a week early, we're going to revisit it next week. I'm getting you warmed up. Is the wearing of the green, of course. Now, there are some basic rules for the celebration. Don't show up at an Irish bar on St. Patrick's Day with a Packers jersey, a cannabis shirt, even if it's green, (laughs) anything political. Leave the Let's Go Brandon shirts at home or sweatshirts. Or for the love of Mary Kelly, a shirt that's any color other than green. It's not really that complicated, folks. Now, I get that green is not a good look for most people. I rarely wear green unless it's associated with the green and gold. 
But let's be honest, you're in a dark bar. Probably drunk. Most of the people are also drunk and will have no idea who you are, so just wear the damn green. Green is often thoughts, by the way, to represent tranquility, good luck, and health. Although it can also be used in the phrase green with envy, or you look green, or you're about to throw up, dude. But wearing of the green is a must. Are we clear? Yes, sir. Are we clear? It's the rule of the world. All right, if you walk into an Irish restaurant, we'll get back to that green in a second, by the way, on St. Patrick's Day, and order anything other than potatoes, Irish stew, corned beef and cabbage, or maybe a Reuben sandwich, you forfeit your right to celebrate the holiday for the rest of your damn life. Stay in the right lane, people. It's not voluntary. It's mandatory, Irish or not. You can have wings any other day of the week or year. Unless they're green wings, although most green food outside of lettuce, broccoli, and beans isn't really that appetizing, especially green meat. Ask a butcher. It's not easy being green. Having to spend each day the color of the leaves. When I think it might be nicer being red or yellow or gold or something much more colorful like that. It's not easy being green. It's the rule of the world. Man, I completely forgot how much of a buzzkill Kermit is. Man, does he bring it down. i got to bring it back up. I think we can all agree that part of the St. Patrick's Day experience can be drinking too much and making bad decisions. We all make them, right? Even elected officials. Hillary thought she could beat Trump. Mike Lindell thinks his pillows make people sleep better. He also believes the election was stolen for some crazy reason, but he can't get anybody other than a Bubba or a Betty to believe. And the Vikings thought they could actually win a Super Bowl with, with Brett Favre or Kirk Cousins. Or maybe even the Jets and potentially Aaron Rodgers, because we're all on Aaron Rodgers' watch right now. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. So if you fall into the I make bad decisions category, and find yourself doing the walk of shame this week. Hold your head high. Life will go on. You may or may not have a permanent reminder of your experience to hold on to. Maybe a tattoo of a shamrock. But own it. Respect the process. And move on. You've earned it. And again, let's be real. This is Wisconsin. Most of your friends only know you as someone with a drinking problem. I'm getting drunk on a plane. It's the rule of the world. Now, I want you to be a responsible drinker, so if you plan on drinking and driving on St. Patrick's Day, do the right thing. Big favor for me, throw your car keys away. There's Ubers, Lyfts, you know, MCTS, a friend. A million ways to get a free ride. Exercise that gray matter of yours and do the right thing. And while you're on that slow ride home, think about how much you appreciate my willingness to break down all this country's concerns every day on my radio show, 9 to noon, Monday through Friday, right here on WTMJ. Instead of yelling at you for three hours about how dumb the other political party is. 
That's called making good radio choices. Not about standing up or fake patriotism. You have a million jets in your background, but that doesn't make you patriotic. That's fake news. Matter of fact, since we've gotten, we haven't gotten to the official anthem of If Steve World the World yet, this is for all you radio squawking knuckleheads out there, and just for you, your reference, guys. In that movie, you are not the Burt Reynolds character. Figure it out. If Steve ruled the world. And finally, I wish all of you happy St. Patrick's Day. A week early, I'm so excited about it. We'll do it again next week and celebrate with your friends. Be safe out there. Say hi to someone you never bet, met before. And if they're willing, nice peck on the cheek. Don't be an idiot. And if your pee is green you don't have a urinary, urinary tract infection, haven't been eating asparagus or drinking green beer, get yourself to a doctor right away. See, this is also a public service announcement, my friends. That is this week's If Steve's Steve ruled the world. Ruled the world. Take us to break, Brandon. I'll take this jug of drinking juice, I'll bust it on the wall. I'll stay sober the rest of my days, never touch the stuff at all. I'll never touch the stuff at all. How many times you promised me you'd never drink that juice? Well, I've learned five thousand times or more to trust you ain't no use. Trust you ain't no use I'll never get drunk no more, my love I'll never get drunk no more I'll never walk into that barroom door I'll never get drunk no more One of one of the things I love about doing this show, and happy Friday, everybody. I hope you are surviving the snow here in Wisconsin. And if you're not having snow and it's 75 degrees and sunny, good on you. That worked out well. Uh, so just a sampling of the texts that come in. And, uh, well, I'm going to go to this one first because it's, it's not all seashells and balloons. Now, I know Patricia's a big fan of the show because she says it right in the opening sentence. She sent me an email at steve.scafidi at 2f1d at wtmj.com. Steve, I'm one of your biggest fans and I've listened to you continuously since you started WTMJ. I'm no prude, but the only thing that bothers me is that you use the word damn. I just used it. I probably should have filled in there. Uh, an awful lot during your bro- radio broadcast. Do I use it that much? I don't think that much. But I will, and I just sent a reply to it. Uh, other than that, keep up the good work. Thanks uh, for the email, Patricia. My mother, Agnes, agrees with you. My lovely mother, Agnes, would agree with you. So um, another dollar in the, if she's keeping track, it's up to like, I don't know, 450, 450 bucks, something like that, in the swear jar. Uh, H-E double hockey sticks is the, the other one that people complain about. From the, um, Old National Bank talking text line. Now, this goes back a little bit in the show when I was talking about... Um, actually, no, this is from a Steve of the World, actually. Um, I mentioned the Housewives. Not a fan. The Housewives shows. I think it's bad TV. Now, because I respect people who have different opinions, I'm going to read the text that came in from the 414. Steve, I work in rehab with people who are insanely sick, and my only thing that keeps me sane is watching the Housewives. I have a master's of science degree and don't consider myself stupid, but this kind of show lets me just watch and not think about anything and laugh at the idiocy of them. I hear you. 
To put it in perspective, I also watch Frontline, great show, Nature, watched it yesterday, and a lot of PBS shows as well as documentaries. And hey, I don't laugh at you for liking Maverick's Top Gun, Maverick Top Gun, even though I recently watched the first one and thought it was pretty stupid. To each his own, Steve, my friend. This is from Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. That's a great text. One, disagreements, which I'm completely fine with. One of the unique qualifiers, or I should say distinctions of this show, because we all know how everybody else handles that in this market and elsewhere. So no problem, Lauren, and have a great weekend. Um, Let's see. Uh, From the 262, don't forget green shamrock shakes. How did I leave that out of the thing? McDonald's green shamrock shakes? Brandon, your thumbs up on that? I am not, but the uh, five little ones at home would would argue against me. I don't, I don't like shakes. I'm not a fan either. But one of my favorite grandpa memories, or papa in my case, is when my oldest grandson Max was very young, maybe a year and a half, two years. My daughter Katie filmed him with his first Shamrock Shake, which for anybody who's had one as a kid, it's like the home run of shakes with the whipped cream. Oh, the whole thing. And she asks him if he wants to share it with Papa, and he goes, no, I don't want to share it. <laughs> like, and I still have this video. I don't blame him. Yeah. He was not giving up that, that ice cream or that, he called it ice cream, but it was a shamrock. So he was not giving it up for anybody, including his I favorite. mean, it is ice cream through yeah. a straw. Yeah. And I, I think they're, are they, they're probably already out, right? I haven't I would have, my wife got them for the kids one day after school, and yeah. I, we haven't been back. I haven't been to McDonald's in a couple of weeks. So, yes, shamrock shakes. And I, because you brought that up, 262, I will actually include that in next week's of Steve World of the World, which will be Irish Edition 2.0, because we've got to celebrate it on St. Patrick's Day. And we might even bring some of the, the fun music that you, you, you've grown to love as part of my Steve World of the World. All right. From the uh, 414. An old saying in the used car business, the only thing that should be green is grass and money. Well said, 414. Well said. Um, Lynn asks... Asked Steve if he saw the article on WISN 12 about Bruce Springsteen giving away his harmonica to a member of the audience at the concert. I did not see that, but it doesn't surprise me. You know, people often, when I, when I mention Bruce Springsteen, there's this, not, not everybody, obviously, because he's very popular, but it's like, eh, I don't like him. The magic of Springsteen, I just had this conversation with somebody I work with, teammate. The magic of Springsteen is his commitment to the product his commitment to the audience, his knowledge of music going all the way back to the 60s, and his willingness to craft something, even all these years later, that is still relevant, fun, as an exciting thing. And, you know, all the people who were bashing me the other day because I was, I was talking about Springsteen, is, oh, I hate his politics. Why do I care about that? Why would I care about his politics? He's an incredibly musician. That's the problem with our country. You're letting politics dictate everything, so you're missing an incredible experience. Ask the however many thousands of people were at Pfizer Forum on Tuesday nights. I was with people who had never seen him. They loved it. Concert critics, who are often very tough in their criticism of artists who come to our town for one night, do a show, and then blow them up the next day, they said this is one of the greatest performances concerts they've ever seen in their lives. You miss something. And the bottom line for me is this is this is a message that transcends what I'm talking about right now. If politics 
is your qualifier, one's politics, one's feelings about politics, either that or one's feelings about candidates, you are missing out on a life experience that may give you an entirely new outlook. So is there a mission statement for the show when it comes to that? Yeah. Blowing up nonsense. I could care less if it's the talk, top talk radio show or the top network TV program talking about politics. I don't care. Liars are liars. Fake news is fake news. I refuse to give in to that. All right. Uh, we'll get some more fun stuff as we round out our show. And Jeff Wagner's got three hours today. Who knows what he's going to talk about? I bet he's not doing St. Patrick's Day early. I bet he's not. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. Quick break here. WTMJ. Without telling me my producer listens. There you go. Full display. Brandon Snide. Star. One of these stars. Wisconsin's Morning News on the BTMJ. Big time sports guy. They're literally dancing. Sort of in the dark. In the, in the background there. All right. A little more text action before we get to our other Friday feature we can review. Sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Steve, stop bashing green. Green is the color of tranquility. Surrounding yourself with it brings calm. And everyone can wear green as long as it's everyone can wear green as long as it's the right shade for you. Man, you really thought that out. I love green from the uh, from Diane, my my faithful listener, loyal listener, Diane. Thank you, Diane. Have a great St. Patrick's Day. And I'm telling you that a week early. Uh, Steve, you are an a hole. How did that get in there? See, if I did what everybody else did, you wouldn't have heard that one. But here we are. Uh, let's see. Ken from Heartland. For Steve Ruled the World last uh, next week, any bumper music from Pat McCurdy. I've seen Pat 20 times. Love his, love his unique, interesting way he performs. He's a, he's a Milwaukee legend. I don't know if he's ever been on national TV. The guy just cracks me up. And he's got a great attitude. Hope he's like that in real life, too. All right. Uh, let's see. <laughs> a lot of love for Jeff Wagner. He's coming up in about uh, 14 minutes. I love Jeff as well. Uh, from the 414, Springsteen's lyrics helped me through some very dark times, heavy stuff. He's the soundtrack of my life. I teared up in some of those songs on Tuesday. Does that make me a wimp? Maybe. Who cares? Uh, let's see. Somebody sent me a great picture of the concert and a local, looks like a woman, giving the, uh, Bruce a the boss, a couple uh, red roses. So very cool picture. Thanks for, to the 847. Um, it was a fantastic show. And, and this person's been a, been a fan for 42 years. So if I, if I use 74 as my starting point, someone do the math for me. 74 to 2023. What's the math? 49. 49 years of Springsteen love. How about that? So next year is my golden anniversary. I, here's what I'm going to do. I haven't told this to my wife yet. To celebrate 50 years, if that's the right number, because I'm trusting you on the math, I will travel to an out-of-city experience with Springsteen, a concert somewhere else next year, if he's touring. That, that's a cool trip. That'd be yeah. a fun trip. Oh, yeah. Now that my wife has seen him, she appreciates him. All right. One thing we do every Friday, I actually love this, because it's all the voices, all the things that our guests and the newsmakers, game changers, have talked about. This week is no different. 
A Kiwaskum athlete laps the field. The boss takes over downtown Milwaukee. He sure did. Another round of wet, heavy snow and more. It's the Weekend Review, sponsored, of course, by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 back. From the WTMJ Breaking News Center, Muskego High School administrators apologizing, saying they are investigating allegations of racist behavior. Per our district policy, once the investigation is done, strict discipline will be handed down if the allegations are found to be true. 18-year-old Jordan Stoles became the youngest ever to win the 500-meter race at the World Single Distance Championships in the Netherlands over the weekend. Not only did he beat everybody, but he, his time was so flat, fast, it was kind of flirting with world records. <laughs> Y'all know what happened to me, getting smacked by Suge Smith. People like, did it hurt? It still hurts. I got summertime ringing in my ear. Face to fist. <laughs> That's well said. Or is more fist to face, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Vince Petrano just smacked the shit out of me. A debate takes place today over a proposed hotel on Milwaukee's east side. It's the home of a gaming store called Mega Media Exchange. But if approved, it would bring a 130-room hotel to the area. Shortly after entering Mexico near the border city, Matamoros, four unnamed Americans were assaulted by gunfire. Armed men forced them into another vehicle and drove off. Without being specific, he says two of the four are dead. Hi guys. I said it was the greatest crowd, greatest hair crowd I've seen ever. I just am surprised at how many people have said, even Piet Levy, who's been to a million shows yes, himself, I read his have piece. said that, that this was the best concert they've ever seen. Unbelievable. I'm the president, but he's the boss. Getting to this point has been years in the making. Museum president and CEO Ellen Sensky spoke today about the Future Museum's time travel gallery. This is Rogers Watch 2023. Aaron and the Jets. Oh, the Jets asked and the Packers obliged. With permission, the Jets have a team of suitors on the ground in California meeting with Aaron Rodgers, according to ESPN's Rob Domofsky. The Packers sure hope Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to come back. I would not expect a quick answer from Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you guys know this. He's pretty reflective. What? You don't say. On this International Women's Day, county officials are commending trans humanity. Milwaukee County Executive David Crowley has personal connections with trans folks. When you think about Regina, Maya Allen, Maya, I actually went to high school with and had the opportunity to learn and experience from her what it was like. Allen is one of three black trans women to be murdered in Milwaukee in the past nine months. <laughs> Sound for the ceremonial start this week. Sled dog expert Susan Kim is live with us this morning. No? Everyone around the state is really excited about the Iditarod. It's really um, a fun thing to watch and to hear from the mushers. The mushers are like stars. Open three. No good. No good. Marquette wins it. Marquette has won the game. Posh Alexander missed the three. All you need to know. We were working uh, closely with Congress uh, on, on uh, when it relates to TikTok. We're talking about a major piece of competitive and foreign policy legislation. Ultimately could lead, I would add, to ban. Uh, platforms like TikTok. With 100 million Americans daily on TikTok on an average of 90 minutes a day, this is an issue. WTMJ Fleet Farm Storm Team Alert. We are waking up to this heavy, wet snow this morning. We Energy is reporting that 103,000.
thousand customers are out of power this morning. The majority of them, nearly ninety thousand of them, in Milwaukee County. What a week, huh? What a week, eh? What a week! Shut it down!